1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. the poster said, See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out?
2: Because
0: nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right
1: now.
2: What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG 13.
3: This is the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park.
0: Well, and welcome to um, the Royal Blue podcast. Obviously, um, it's very different circumstances than what we were envisaging this weekend. cover uh, the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, has meant that they, uh, this week's Premier League fixtures um, have been cancelled. And obviously, there's possibility of uh, further games um, the following weekend as well. Wait to see on that one. I'm your host, Chris Beasley, joined by uh, Joe Thomas, Adam Jones, and our regular guest, Gavin Buckland. We'll start with you first. Um, Joe, obviously it's unprecedented um, circumstances, 70 years since we've been in this situation. Obviously after George VI died, the fixtures went ahead, but the decision was made this morning for all this weekend's Premier League fixtures now to be postponed.
3: That's it, the officials had a meeting this morning at 11.30 this uh, this morning, that's when the official announcement came out that the games were not going to go ahead. Obviously it's quite an interesting move by the Premier League, and in fact it's all the football that's been cancelled for the weekend. Mm -hmm. But it comes after the government issued its own guidance about the uh, the period of mourning which said that basically sports could go ahead and the decisions to, to postpone games would happen at organizing bodies at own discretion yeah. so obviously this is a, a decision that the footballing heads have come to of their own accord and not something that was placed upon them so it's quite interesting obviously these are you know historic times that we're dealing with but to think that uh, to say that it's 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 changed a few people's weekend plans would be be an understatement, but of course these are obviously, you know, serious times and you know, unprecedented times, as you said. Yeah. Obviously, it's interesting because the game did actually go ahead following the death of the last monarch, so, yeah. you know, a lot of people kind of, you know, point to keeping hold of tradition and things like that, but obviously, you know, the, the last known experience of this, the football, football matches did still go ahead, but, you know, it's a... Difficult decision for everybody, yeah. you know. To some extent, the the organising bodies are damned if they do, damned if they don't. I don't think this is a decision that is unexpected. I think most people went to bed last night and woke up this morning anticipating that the games wouldn't go ahead. The surprise is perhaps that some sports are going ahead and some sport aren't, and there hasn't been a consistency across the board. But we are where we are.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, Adam, obviously you, you tweeted already about the, the practicalities of this with. Supporters have got plans for the weekend, and it's obviously been taken just twenty-four hours, forty-eight hours in Everton's um, circumstances. Headed uh, a fixture, um, regardless of whether people are in favour of this postponement or not. There, there are serious practicalities in terms of people's travel plans regarding this.
2: Yeah, I think that's the most unfortunate thing, isn't it? You, you know, it, it's it's another one of these situations where it feels like the match-going fan is at the bottom of the list of priorities, which I think is, you know, inherently wrong. You know, we had, as we were recording on Friday, we had games in England yesterday taking place, you know, at Manchester United and at West Ham. They had lovely tributes at, the, at both of those games uh, to Her Majesty, you know, periods of silence, etc. I think that shows a lot more respect than just cancelling matches short notice and leaving people, you know, <laughs> match-going fans, people who go to the games every week so there'll be people who've traveled from you know other countries to come to these matches i know i've seen one everton fan tweet and saying that he's traveled all the way from canada to watch to watch everton in london this weekend and he's not going to be able to do that now which is you know (laughs) that's, that's that's a real shame but who's going to reimburse these supporters for the amount of money that they've paid in what is now you know a real cost of living crisis uh, who's going to reimburse these fans? They might not be able to get to the to the fixture whenever this gets uh, rescheduled later on in the season. So I just think it's really, really quite disappointing and unfortunate, especially when you're looking at you know likes so of we're seeing we're still seeing announcements being made over different sporting events as we're as we're recording now. I think cricket has just been announced that it's going to be back on from Saturday onwards. Uh, you know rugby league has announced that they're going to be on over the weekend as well what's what's the difference between these sporting events and football uh, I, I just don't i I don't really see the rationale behind it to be honest and as i say i think it's it's the match going fans who are who are going to be suffering the most again which is uh, i think a real shame
0: in gavin we we talked about historical precedents there. we mentioned that football went ahead after the death of the queen's father george 1952, and I uh, believe it was also the same um, after um, George V's death. I was reading this earlier this morning. I had to go back to 1901, um, Queen Victoria's passing, when an Everton match was actually postponed under these sort of circumstances. But the decision was was left with the footballing authorities rather than the, the powers above them. It was left to their, their discretion, and, and the Premier League and Football League chiefs uh, made the decision um, themselves to do this rather than uh, it being taken out of their hands.
1: Yeah, uh, contrary to popular belief, I was not around the uh, King George Sixes mm-hmm. and <laughs> Queen Victoria's. Th- this is this is a bit like picking up on what Joe and Adam saying. This is a bit like, you know, earlier on in the week we were talking about referee decisions and consequences. About referees will always take the decision that will give yeah. these consequences for them, and I think the Premier League have followed the same route here. That the, the decision that has. The, leaves them op- open to the littlest amount of stick or the least amount of stick is cancelled. Yeah. I think they think that actually if you went ahead we would um, we would be leave ourselves open for disrespect and all that type of stuff and not you know reflecting the mood of the nation. And I think that's why they've made it really I, I suspect that quite a lot of them want to play to be fair. That would be my guess purely beyond that because it's just creates a logistical nightmare, doesn't it? Which may be compounded next weekend as well. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why they've done it and I can understand why, I, I, but, but I also get the point that actually, you can show me the specs by all, you know, sitting in silence and, you know, some of the scenes we saw last night. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's understandable. I, I get, it, but I do think what the Premier League, people in the Premier League wants and actually what they've done and possibly two different things because i was reading in uh one of the echo pieces this morning if both teams stay in the car one of them stays in the carabao cup is it january before we can at least um sort of play arsenal where there's a vacant date yeah and as i say if they cancel next weekend which could be could be likely as well depending on dates and you've got a major issue so i bet it was an interesting discussion that you know that they've had this morning. But fully understand it, but I think they've done it on the basis of it's it's a decision that causes them the least consequences and an adverse effect.
0: Yeah, I mean, Joe Gav um, mentions there the possibility of further fixtures going as West Ham United at home the following weekend, which could be affected by the um, the Queen's funeral. Um, it is a logistical um, issue um, trying to fit these in in what is all already a busy schedule this season because we've got a, a World Cup, unprecedented again. Six week break in the middle of the season, and we've only actually started the campaign one week early. Yeah,
3: we have, we have. So I think if if next weekend's games also get cancelled, and there's got to be a fair chance that they would, because you'd I suppose you you question what's going to change between this weekend and next weekend. all well, the decisions, the context is all going to be exactly the same, isn't it? So it's. It's hard to see how they could draw a line, a distinction between this weekend and next weekend with the funeral almost be about to follow and still being in a, a state of mourning. So if that was to happen, well, that would mean that Evan would effectively go a month without playing a game of football from, mm-hmm. you know, from the derby that was last weekend all the way through to the trip to Southampton on October the 1st. So, I mean, obviously, it's a, it's going to be a logistical nightmare trying to fit those back into the schedule. Obviously, especially bearing in mind that both Arsenal and West Ham are in Europe. So those European competitions, I don't know for certain, but I imagine that the group stages go all the way up to the World Cup. They probably finish just before the World Cup break. So there's there's no opportunity there to play them. So that you know, all of a sudden you're looking at going into next year. So uh, unless there's a way of manufacturing an extra week within the, the end of December, I think um, between Boxing Day and the, the New Year's kind of, fixtures so that might be one way to claw one of the fixtures back so yeah, it's 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 definitely going to be interesting i mean we kind of i can't remember the last time we had a normal season you, you know we, we've had we had the covid impact seasons and even last season when you thought everything might be about to go back to normal we then had the kind of all those postponements towards the the, the back end of the year and, and the impact that they had so this is was already going to be a different year because of the of the world cup well yeah, you know, it looks like the ramifications is going to continue into the new year when, when at least one of these fixtures is likely to to end up being played again. So it's it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how they how they fix it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a tough one for for the authorities. Um Adam, maybe if you had your planner in, in front of you now for a uh, twenty twenty two twenty three, there's going to be a, a few more headaches on the back of this. It would seem. I
2: just throw it out the window at this point. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, to be yeah. honest, like I just think you know it, you you kind of backed into a corner in this situation and i just think there's a there's not really a scenario where everybody is happy and every and like everybody comes out on top because you're just going to have you're just going to have the the worst fixture pile up that we've that we've seen in a long long time i'm, I'm already looking forward to these managerial press conferences that's got, that are going to take place around you know the end of december early january where you know these managers are rightly going to be saying going to be saying to be fair these players are being absolutely run into the ground. Like, going to have games every two or three days in, in some cases around that period. Coming off the back of a World Cup, where you know there's the Premier League is going to have very high representation in this World Cup, given given the fact of you know there's so many quality players in the Premier League. So it, it, it's just a it's just an absolute nightmare for anybody who's going to try and schedule these games. You've got to factor in. The FA Cup is going to be starting as well. You know, you've got the League Cup as well, which is going to take out some of the some of the midweek opportunities as well. It's just going to be, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. I I, I don't even. I'm glad that I don't even have to think about it. Really, I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm not uh, part of the people who are going to be making this sort of decision. Because as I say, like, it, it's th- there's always going to be people who are going to be really unhappy with this now and. It, it all stems from the fact that we've got this Winter World Cup, which everybody knew was going to be, you know, really a, a minefield to try yeah. and tiptoe around, regardless, let alone with anything like this that might have cropped up as well. As you, you know, quite rightly referenced a little bit earlier, only starting the Premier League season a week earlier just always seemed a little bit weird, didn't it? You know, I think the season's going to end at a quite similar time that it usually does as well isn't it it's not as if we're adding time onto the end of the season either it's just you know I'd I'd hate to be one of these top level footballers as, as well to be honest who's going to be playing 90 minutes of football every two days you know have no time on the training pitch to try and hone your skills it's just yeah it's it, it, it's not a great situation for anybody involved and I, I, like, I'm starting to think that this this season, by the time we get to the end of this season, it's just going to be a write-off in terms of players' fitness, isn't it? it it's going to be, It's going to be really, really ridiculous, I think.
3: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
2: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time,
3: the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The
0: Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, Gav, Gav, I hope you're not going to take insult for me, saying obviously you're, you're old enough to remember 70s and 80s when very small squads would typically play 50 odd yeah. matches a season, these players. Um times have changed, of course, but I mean it 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 is a mess it is a mess, isn't it, in terms of um how they're gonna fit all these in. And I suppose it is the perfect storm as as Joe's mentioned there. We've not had a, a in in quotes normal season for a while now, but you know, we've got um all these games to fit in. And I suppose the, the irony is um obviously it was books before any of this happened, but Everton uh, jetting out to Australia a week after the domestic duties finish to go and play in a, a lucrative tournament there. But then they're going to all have these domestic games to fit in on their return.
1: Yeah, just to um, add a little bit more, you wouldn't be surprised if this game's cancelled because of Covid during the, during the winter months, around Christmas.
0: Mm-hmm. You've not even factored that in yet, no.
1: You know, because um, that's not going to go away, is it? Mm. So, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, let's face it. I don't know how many plays we expect to go to the World Cup. We've got two? Don't know. Three? Don't know. Yeah. Um, depends. So we, we'll be one of the clubs who'll be least affected by it. But really, I'm not sure whether that gives us any advantage. Really, by the time we get to to January, and yeah, it's just I mean, just just be thankful we've got like a, a completely injury-free squad at the moment. That's going to see us yeah. through till till, till November. <laughs> Um, but you did you go, you made some point as well, mate, I'm just wondering now whether we thought that we might get rid of a few people in the summer more, in more than what we actually did. I'm just wondering whether we might, that might actually prove to be a little bit of a uh, benefit for us in, in disguise, really. And we are quite fortunate within the squad that I know we've gone into a keeper at the moment. We've definitely got back up a centre half. Got back up at like both left back and right back. We could probably com- probably put out two completely different midfields, couldn't we? I would think. Um, okay. And we've also got options up front. So in terms of our squad size, I think we're pretty well placed, albeit more by accident than than design. And obviously, there's an option there in January moving moving things around, but. That's what Adam's saying is is, is right. Is, is once you get to February, March time, I think I think it's gonna be a struggle, isn't it really? But hopefully we will be in pretty good shape in terms of the size of the squad to, to cope.
0: Yeah. I think mean, Joe, could it actually be beneficial in a way for Everton to, to, to have a little break at this time? Or, or did he see it? Jordan Pickford has been mentioned. Currently injured, possibly about a month on the sidelines. Dominic Calvert-Lewin just coming back to fitness. Um, as much as this is an unexpected turn of events, could Everton work it in the favour or will this be a disappointment for Frank Lampard when he's home to build on the the, uh, the promise of recent results but without um, getting that first victory yet?
3: I think Everton benefit from this, yeah. to be perfectly honest. I think if you look at the score at the minute, obviously... One of the things that Frank Lampard has spoken about consistently throughout the summer is the, the trouble that is caused by the the length to which the transfer window went into the beginning of the season. Obviously, the derby was the first time that the, the, the first game since the, um, the after the window closed. You know, what well, this gives Frank an opportunity is two things. One, he's got a squad that has been strengthened at the back end of the transfer window. So the likes of Neil Mopé, Idrissa Gay, James Garner. He can help, he can continue with the integration of, their, of them into the squad, into yeah. the tactics, get their fitness up without the pressure of a match day scenario. You've got the injured players that are kind of on the brink of return, in in Dominic Calvert-Lewin in particular, um, who you would imagine may well be in a position to play against West Ham if if haven't missed if with this game being mm-hmm. off. Um, and if West Ham's cancelled, you certainly think he'd be back for Southampton. You know, it gives him a month to kind of almost work on his fitness. Um, the likes of Tom Davis and Anana, who, you know, have, have obviously played well in recent games, but still been getting themselves up to match fitness. If Alan is ever going to play for Everton, any kind of serious role for Everton, you'd imagine this is going to help him because he um, picked up a knock, which left him out of the squad for Fleetwood, which felt like an obvious game for him to play in. Yeah. Um You know, and obviously we did Jordan Pickford injury. We we know he was going to miss the next two games. Well, again, you would think that he he might be back, judging by the word and what everyone said, he'd probably do that for Southampton. Or if he's not back by then, it will be very, very close. So actually, I kind of think from from multiple perspectives, from getting a couple of injured players back to fitness, from integrating new players into the squad and rebuilding the fitness of, of other players around them, this... This is actually a useful time for Frank Lampard to be able to sit back and take stock and go, OK, well, what have we learned over the first six games of this Premier League season? And how can we target us to make sure that you know, we're a better place going, going forward? And I, I also think, obviously, one of the big things that is quite interesting, obviously, we've spoken about this, but with Frank Lampard, it's, you know, have not got a win yet this season. Now, As we all come away from the derby, I think feeling very positive, despite the fact there wasn't a win from the outside looking in, there's this whole pressure on it all. Arsenal away was going to be a very difficult game. And it'll be a very, very difficult game, even if Everton have a fully fit squad by the time they go to play them. West Ham at home won't be an easy game because they're a club that's also under a lot of pressure. Well, if Everton miss out these next two games, once they get back from the international break, they enter a run of fixtures which are quite significantly kind kinder, of starting with Southampton away. Yeah. You know, it might be an opportunity for for Frank Lampard to be able to have a fully fit or a, a close, a, a much stronger, an integ- more integrated side going into a weaker run of fixtures, and he might be able to get over that hoot to get the first win. Uh, you know, off get that monkey off his back, you know, at an earlier stage, which which might ease the pressure a little bit as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, you're frustrated. The games aren't going ahead, but if you can curb those points that Joe makes. Uh, I mean, Arsenal away is Everton's, I think, least points productive Premier League um,
2: fixture. I mean, they won during lockdown, but other than that, there's not been a single
0: victory at the Emirates. Yeah,
2: but let, I don't think we can pretend that Southampton away has been particularly kind to Everton in in the past. We've maybe got a couple of wins there, but it's not exactly been a happy hunting ground right. for Everton in the past. I disagree, to be honest. I think this yeah. is. I, I I think the momentum that Everton. Have, would have had from that Merseyside derby is much more beneficial than than anything else right now because, you know, wh- whenever this game does get rescheduled for, the odds are Everton they're going to have injuries for that as well. I mean, I'm not ruling out Everton picking up injuries even while I'm not playing games over <laughs> this break. With the, with the way things are going though, like the mm. amount of injuries that Everton pick up in training, the fact that Everton are going to be in more training probably, <laughs> probably is the worst thing right now. So, I, I I don't know I, I just think it is this would have been a great time you know we, we you talk about integrating players into the squad there I think the best way to integrate these players into the squad is to actually get them playing I think Onana is a great example of that the fact that you know he came on for his couple of sub appearances and you know he he didn't he didn't look like he was maybe up to the the speed of the game as soon as he start was starting games that's when he's been putting in his you know really really strong performances. So you can only do so much on the training pitch. And I think, you know, we're going to lose that, you know, sort of wave of momentum and positivity that we had uh, from that Liverpool game. Granted, we might have got beat by Arsenal. I think West Ham at home. That, that's an easier game to me than Southampton away. I think that, were, that would have been a, a, a little bit of a... Well, I'm talking as if it's, been, it, it's already been postponed. Yeah. But, you know, in all likelihood, it probably will be. So, but... I think that's an easier fixture on paper than Southampton away, especially you know given the fact that I think Southampton have started this season quite well. You know, beat beat uh, Chelsea at home quite quite recently. Uh, didn't didn't put in a bad performance at all against Manchester United either. So you know, I'm not I'm, I'm I don't think that's a that's a necessarily easy fixture at all. So as I I I, ju- I just think that it it's got a real chance of backfiring on Everton a little bit. And we, we've had, you know, this sort of thing over the COVID fixtures getting postponed a couple of years ago. I remember, you know, everyone was thinking that, you know, certain fixtures were oh, it's great that we've got this postponed because we've had this and this unavailable yeah. and then the, the fixture comes back around and we lose it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it's impossible. I just think it's impossible to tell. Uh, but, you know, in my, in my opinion, I'd rather, I'd rather play to just keep some momentum up, you know, any sort of Momentum off because you know it, it, it took Everton a while to build up this this sort of head of steam and to have it instantly totally chopped off at the knees, as it were. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm not a fan of it personally. Yeah.
0: About well, yourself, gather Suppose playing devil's advocate. If you if you can't play, then you can't win. So you can't get that first win, can you? Obviously.
1: Yeah. No. Just to give some insights. Yeah. um By the way, around the the FA's decision is because the. Um, informed because the Queen is obviously patron of the FA and Williams president. So there's strong Royal links with, with the sport that maybe yeah. is not there with other sports and, and football being a national sport as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's slightly different to other, other sporting activities. But, you know, going back to your point, yeah, it's not ideal. You know, setting aside the circumstances, not ideal that we could be, could get to the end of September and we've not won a game. <laughs> We're not played for a month, but not won a game. Yeah. And, uh, that's not not ideal either. I mean, I, I, I get spe, you speculating about what the difference of playing Arsenal now compared to January, but I just rather get the games out the way, really. Right, While well, you know, the weather's well, nice as well, by the way, nicer by yeah. the way. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's going to be. I'm just going to say it's going to be absolutely chaotic, isn't it? know I mean, if the, the anticipation was before the the World Cup was going to be chaotic. But it now appears through other circumstances that I may be after. After the World Cup now becomes even more chaotic. So it's unfortunate, but we've got to see the bigger picture here and the reasons for it.
0: Yeah. um, Joe, I mean, one thing that uh, we've been debating this week is is the captaincy issue because uh, Jordan Pickford is injured now, expected to be out for a month. I mean, that may change now. Again, we may not have to go down that road if, if he's fit for Evans next fixture. but i mean as it stands there's a chance that he, he won't be um featuring it's one we put to the the readers yesterday i know you at the poll as well on on on, on twitter and, um we're revealing the the results later on from from the poll we did with the article but i mean what would your thoughts be then if jordan pickford isn't um on the pitch for that Evans next fixture who the armband goes to nice depends who's
3: on the pitch
0: doesn't it i suppose but we're in a
3: portrait position, I think, where actually, there are a significant number of leaders in that squad and it was starting most games that I think that you could turn to the most obvious two: the centre-back pair and Connor Cody and, and James Tarkovsky, aren't they? Connor Cody was with the Wolves captain last season before his departure and then, yeah, you know, we, we've already seen the impact that James Tarkovsky has, has had, so I think it probably end up coming down between those two and you'd be, I don't know if this makes a difference, maybe it does, but the fact that Cody's already
0: yeah, we, may we well that,
3: yeah. kind of just relegate him be out there beneath Tarkovsky. If you're going for a battle at centre backs, that's of course if you know, if Everton were to go to you don't get the sense that they were with the way with Lampard's kind of point of direct the direction of travel. Um, if everyone was to go five at the back, and that might bring room with the injuries for Coleman to come back in. Yeah. He would obviously then then start. Um, I think another another candidate would be Tom Davis. Obviously, you know he started the derby the question would probably be, once Idrissa is has got up to full speed, mm-hmm. does Tom Davis start? Tom Davis had the armband before. And, you know, so I think starts starting, I think you'd probably go for him. He's been at a club for longer, uh, local lad, you know, more experience with Everton. Um, but if he's not, then it probably goes down to one of the two centre-backs. Yeah. Uh, and I think... I think the lone thing, the lone versus permanent probably does make a difference. So I'd, I'd probably go Tarkovsky.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a strange one because C- Cody has the greatest credentials of them all. But like you say, being only a lone player at, at this moment in time does make it a strange one. Um, Adam, uh, your choice. If for whatever reason, when and wherever, and the next on the pitch and Jordan Pickford is not in that lineup and presumably Seamus Coleman isn't back, mm. who would you hand it to? The Royal Blue
3: Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
0: learn more at marines.com
2: i think it, i think james tarkovsky is the is the obvious shot for me i think what joe says about Connor Cody being on loan is actually you know a really relevant point because yeah. uh I, I, I understand he's obviously got those captainship captaincy you know experiences and leadership qualities and all that but you know he, he's, he's still a wolfs player isn't he? <laughs> isn't he at the end of the day it just seems weird yeah. to, to make mm-hmm. a Wolves player uh, your captain for you know any any sort of period of time, I think you know we we've seen Tarkovsky's leadership qualities even in pre-season, didn't we? Mm-hmm. You know when he was you know nearly fighting Arsenal players <laughs> on on, the, on behalf of Stanley Mills and and uh, and stuff like that, which which was really funny to see. And you know he did he did the same against Leeds, didn't mm-hmm. he? Now brushing over to uh, Anthony Gordon's defence and. You know, yeah, I'm not trying to give him the armband just because he, he he loves a scrap or anything like that. But you know, it, it's I, I do think it's quite important to see, uh, you, you know, somebody somebody on the pitch who's you know willing to put himself in those sorts of scenarios, stand up for his teammates, make his voice heard whenever whenever possible. I think he he, he commands from the back really well. He's a really really vocal sort of presence, leads by example with his sort of determination and how he reads the game. Uh, as well so I, I think he's I think he's the obvious shot for me if he's gonna be if he's gonna be starting starting games for Everton. I think Tom Davis is also a, a, a fantastic shout. He's somebody who's captained the side in the past of course as well on a on a number of occasions. Uh you know obviously a huge blue. I think he's another one who leads by example in terms of his performances and you know it, I think you saw that really in the Merseyside derby is sort of Determination and his desire on the pitch. I think that's exactly what Evertonians do want to see from a from a captain. So I think Tom Davis is also a great shout, but I think Tarkovsky is the one uh, the one that sticks out for me. Yeah, but Gav um, Frank
0: Lampard actually said on the eve of the season, he talked about all the impact James Tarkovsky had had even back then at the stage. He says it doesn't really matter whether I hand him the. The armband or not, uh, he's still going to display those qualities for me. So, would he be the choice for you, or would you be
1: looking for maybe more of a left field option? Well, I, I think before before I answer it, I think there's a wider question about who should be the club captain, shouldn't it? Really, where really he's mind. no longer a first
0: team regular, Seamus Coleman,
1: yeah, which yeah. is never ideal in my yeah. experience, um, because you're then left to know these type of questions, aren't you? Um, I, I, I get the I'm just wondering whether Frank in making the decision so I don't care whether the player's on loan or not I, I want, I want the, the person who I think is the best skipper for, for the now and we can source the loan permanent deal out later on in the year um, so I, that would for me would favour uh, Cody um, but Tarkovsky is captained as well obviously he's clubbed and, and he's permanent either one of them but let's face it; they're just keeping the armband warm for when and on as Captain Hard did early yeah. in in eighteen months' time, I think. um Yeah, those two, bit of a left field one. It will be. Yeah,
0: he was he was mentioned. <laughs> on our, he was mentioned on our list. Yeah, uh, we like I said we're trying to don't want to do too, too many spoilers for our r- r- result which is yeah. coming up. No, no, no. Yeah, no, Yeah, now He had a of a
1: chunk of I support, mean, you know. What I, what I would say is it's good that. Obviously, Seamus is the club captain, mm-hmm. but we've got possibly four good candidates to be mm-hmm. captain, which has not necessarily been the case over the last three or four years, has it really? When you you many many yeah. think how many times did the armband was passed around during that time? Yeah, you know, I, I can't remember. I mean, there was there was probably periods of three or four games where we had three or four different skippers. Yeah, um, which is not ideal. And i think that was purely on the basis i didn't know who's going to be skipper um i think the fact that we've got three or four good candidates now and as i said within an honor a, a candidate in waiting um i think that reflects frank's policy of buying players who have got character and experience and, and i think this this gives us a, a you know a good good number of options which have not been there before Yeah.
0: And it remains to be seen, like I said, whether that decision needs to be made. But I just wonder now, Joe, whether this potential break, or well, certainly the break this weekend, um, allays those fears we'd heard about um, Frank Lampard possibly considering going into the, the free agents market because of Pickford's injury for an understudy goalkeeper. If you look at the, the list of available options, it's not a, an extensive one. Ben Foster seemed to mm-hmm. head it, a player who has a certain amount of... Uh, History of Everton, so it, it might be interesting. Maybe Evie he has to um, ignore that possible avenue.
3: Yeah, well, I think obviously he's <laughs> going to have to wait and see what the West Ham situation is, isn't he? Obviously, yeah. we already missed this one game this weekend, and if West Ham isn't um, isn't going ahead, then that takes it out for another couple of weeks. You'd imagine that Pickford will be there or thereabouts come the the return from the international break. I mean, to be honest, I don't think Everton actually needs to go into the market and, and get another keeper i think you know as me played 255 times in the premier yeah. league and i think that he is somebody that you know has a suitable experience he's done all right obviously you know he'd be i mean the last time he played was at the emirates and he conceded five but uh i that was in that last game of the season just after having stayed up and it was a bit of an experimental lineup okay. i don't really blame him for, for for a lot of that and you know, before that, he kept the clean sheet in the game against Newcastle when Iwobi, yes. you know, scored his, his, 99th minute, his 99th minute winner. So, you know, I I just have no concerns yeah. over Rasmia Begovic. I think he's about as solid a number two as you could hope to have. And then I think Billy Crellin will probably be on the bench. I think, you know, having seen what happened in pre-season America, Billy Crellin was the only other goalkeeper who got minutes in pre-season because yeah. Asmir Begovic was injured. Um, but I, I don't have an issue. And obviously, you'd say... If you got to a scenario where Asmir Begovic was being relied on for maybe one, two, or three games, and he also got injured, well, I mean, I think Frank would put his hands up and say, "Well, it's it's more of the same luck that is cursing my reign." And, you know, you can't rule it out if you're if you're Everton, but but actually, you know, it would be pretty unlikely. And I think that you know, we look back to, to May. I think it was about two weeks before the end of the season, and you know, with quite a number of games still left to play for Everton when when Begovic's contract was extended for. You know, the club took the option to extend it by 12 months, not knowing whether they were going to be in the Championship or the Premier League. Well, yeah. that looks like a smart piece of business now, because I don't know who you'd dive into the free trial. In mind they're only going to be behind England and Everton's number one, so they're only yeah. ever going to be a bit part player. I don't really know that Evan could have a better second in, in command yeah. than Asmir Begovic. And, you know, now is, or now is potentially his opportunity just to, come in and you show know, sure that he can do a decent job. Obviously, played against Fleet with the yeah. knee in the Carabao Cup, get a clean no sheet there as and well. It, yeah. So, so, yeah, no, no concerns for me. I think it would be, you know, it's it's another set of wages to then dish out and yeah. commit yourself to for the rest of the year as well at a time when you know, actually don't want
0: to be spending money needlessly. So Yeah, and I suppose it's not going to be Loris Karius, is it? Uh, Adam, he's one who we a strict strike off the list.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I was striking all of them off. The list, to be honest. There was there was no there were no goalkeepers on that list. who I was going, oh yeah, I'd love to see him in an Everton shirt for for a couple of games. Uh, I I just think uh, I I completely agree with Joe. I would have had no issues with Everton just sticking to their guns, playing Begovic in goal for a game or two. Having B- Billy Carrellan on the bench, you know, he's another one who got a couple of minutes in a, in preseason, and from what I saw of him, he, he looked he looked pretty impressive. So you know, why not? and i will give him a go of just being on the bench if he needs to be called upon. He needs to be called yeah. upon. I, I, I'd, have been, I'd have been quite happy enough with that for a couple of games rather than, especially, you know, let's let's be honest, Evan, now I'm exactly in a perfect financial situation <laughs> right now. Uh, to, to be, you know, spending a certain amount of money on getting whatever goalkeeper it is in, you know, if if you're going down the route of like a Loris Karius or a Ben Foster, for example, you know, it's still a high profile goalkeeper. You're probably going to have to pay him a decent amount of wages uh you know and then however much in agents fees and signing fees and whatever you know these aren't insignificant amounts of of money especially for a for a club in the financial situation of everton so if they if if the option is there to save a bit of money and just have you know billy crellin on the bench i'd much rather i'd much rather go with that and you know there, there was no goalkeeper there uh, who i just who i thought you know his quality w- would have matched uh, the amount of money that Everton would have paid for, you know, you know, especially given the amount of games that they would have played mm. as well. I, I just think it would have been something of a waste for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, Gav, are you comfortable just having one player in Premier League experience? Ask me, Begovic, for potentially a couple of games. suppose going back there, I remember Sander Westervelt, um coming in for, for a couple of games, or even Pat Jennings providing cover back in, in the yeah, day. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, mind you, we had Richard Dryce in goal when Sandov came in, didn't we? So it's yeah. not you know, understandable. Um, yeah, I think I, I agree. I think we just go with it for a, a couple of games. Yeah. For, for, I, as you say, cost Chris and B. You don't want people around Finch Farm, who've got no chance of a game, just additional numbers do you really. So oh. I just live with it. i am I'm, I'm thankful that we Extended Begovic's contact in the summer as well. Yeah. yeah. By the way, because I think he's one of the one of the better and more experienced uh, Premier League backup keepers, for want of a better phrase. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just I just go with it. I think, as I say, this week, the events of this week put a different light on the, the need for the replacement. And I think, as Joe was saying, Begovic hasn't let us down. And he's, uh, he's, the, he's the only Premier League player, past or present, we've ever had an extended conversation with. And yeah. he's a very impressive, uh, very impressive man, Begovic, and uh, I like him a lot. And uh, I think he, he'd do a sound job for us. Right, well, we
0: might we might have to go into that in more detail next week. <laughs> ah, we well, have, you, know, you, know, you know, possibly <laughs> say. to discuss. But yeah, um, like I said, very different circumstances than what we envisage. There'll be no trip to the Emirates for Adam or Joe. No trip to Walton Hall Park for myself. I've, I was down to do um, Everton Women against Leicester City this weekend, but. Uh, Whatever, guys, it is, we'll be back with you next week for the next edition of the Royal Blue Podcast.
1: You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.